This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by. Bet Rivers. Check out the Bet Rivers app. See all the spreads, all the lines, everything you want to do. Like we got you covered, of course. Baseball coming up, basketball right now. Uh, the NBA will be back in action shortly. The college hoops, the tourney around the corner. So a lot to get to. Check it out. Uh, coming up on today's podcast, we're talking all things Browns. One of the guys who does the best job covering the team, Zach Jackson. He covers the Browns for the Athletic. He's been covering the Browns for a long time. He has great insight on the team. We'll talk about what's coming up this offseason, the make-or-break year for Deshaun Watson that we talked about earlier in the week, all the free agents they have, whether they'll be aggressive in free agency or the trade market, whether they could be aggressive in the draft to try to get back into the first round for the first time in a few years. We'll talk about all of it with Zach Jackson, the Athletic, next right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, welcome back. It's the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. And now we're now joined by one of the uh, Browns' excellent beat reporters, Zach Jackson of the Athletics. Been covering the team a long time. Does it feel like a long time? The, I guess in Brown, you know, you've been covering the team what fifteen years? Is it more than that? Uh, twenty-three. But in Browns, so. in Browns' years, that's like fifty-three, right? Yeah, that's why I look so old, Bull. Let's just be honest. Yes. Oh, uh, and last year was the longest season in history, like in literal literal terms, yeah. you know, uh, as far as going on the calendar. And um, it's just really, let's just be honest, it's been a really long 23 months since they added Deshaun Watson. It has so, been. Um, credit to the guys in charge is they've done a good job and they've taken it from, you know, what it was for so long, which was an absolute disaster. But yeah, it's been a lot. Yeah, and it's not over. Like we knew when the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson that you'd have this off the field stuff that you'd have to deal with as a fan base, as a media. There was no doubt about it. But even that's not completely gone because there's still two cases hanging out. What I certainly didn't expect is that heading into the third year of his Browns career, we'd still be asking, is this guy, is he good? Not just is he great. We're asking, is he still good? Yeah, and especially last year, there was just the assumption from a lot of people like, okay, you know, they did this and they be, to get an elite quarterback and he's going to roll out there and he's going to be good or be really good. And, you know, outside of a couple games, he wasn't. So in his defense, and it's important to keep in mind, like the last time we saw him, he was out playing the NFL MVP, right? But overall, it's been a disaster. The contract is a disaster. He just had a major surgery. And you're right, for the third straight offseason, you're saying we we don't really know what to expect. We don't know what the offense is going to look like. It's going to be baby steps in terms of judging his rehab and where the offense finds that comfort level because the offense 
found a comfort level under a completely different quarterback last December. Mm -hmm. Um, And even in Deshaun's good games in in big moments, there was not that consistent comfort level. I mean, he was incredible again in the Baltimore second half. He was so awful in the first half that they're they're lucky he didn't get away from him. Yeah, there's no doubt. And even with all of Joe Flacco's interceptions, which were certainly a negative, including in the playoffs, Yes, there was a rhythm and flow to that offense that we haven't seen in a long time, and we certainly haven't seen with any consistency with Deshaun Watson. Now, you know, it's funny. Kevin Stefanski is the first good coach I think the Browns have had in a long time. He's won his second coach of the year in four years, and yet the the entire or most of the offensive coaching staff was fired. Obviously, the O-line coach leaves for a reason. He wasn't fired, but a lot of the staff was fired. And it feels like most of us think Stefanski did a great job, but it feels like the organization is saying, well, no, uh, we fired some coaches and no extension, at least yet. Am I reading too much into it? Or is is Jimmy Haslam or Paul D. Podesta saying, well, you're not doing as good as everybody else thinks you are or no? Well, I I think there's a couple layers there, Bull. Um, I would expect the extensions to come um, and they're deserved. And I'm talking about the GM and the coach, right? Uh, but I don't think you can run from the strange vibe of this whole offseason, right? And what, what we can do is, is why is that there? Well, it, they had such good vibes and such a good season, then it crashed down, right? And the defense had done enough in big spots to make you think they really were that good. But when you do that in the playoffs, you can't call yourself the best defense in the world. And you're not, right? right? Like the two best defenses in the world played in the AFC Championship game and one's in your division. Um, and then surprising – I'm not going to call the moves shocking, um, but it was surprising. There were whole scale moves. They didn't involve the wide receivers coaches, which is the number one area of concern for most of us. And it's like, okay, you know, change happens in in all of this from Nick Chubb to trying to sustain 11 wins. um, All of these things are new to the Browns who were so bad for so long And, and change does happen. But like these guys didn't get hired away by other teams or promoted because the Browns were so good. They made a change. They made a completely uninspiring hire in Ken Dorsey. They lost the best offensive line coach in the business. Right. So, yeah, there is a strange vibe, and we'll just have to see, you know, how it goes. I, I'm not judging this team until almost November, right? Um, but we are judging this team at a higher bar than we ever have in the team's new era. Yeah. Um, you know, for for natural reasons and for justified reasons, I think based on the talent level, continuity has helped this team get get do what it did last year. And now a lot of that continuity is taken away, at least on the co- the coaching side. So it's, it's interesting. And um, there are a number of ways I think it can play out. Now, one of the things waiting to play out is whether or not Ken Dorsey will call plays. And the Browns across the board have been very cagey about this. I'm convinced, maybe unfairly, but I'm convinced that if Ken Dorsey calls plays, that Kevin Stefanski had his hand forced there. W- what is your thought on that situation? That's the only way to read it. I don't know that answer. Yeah. I've had people tell me they believe that's the answer. I've had people tell me believe they not the answer. That's the only way we can read it right now. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's certainly the case. You know, you talked about the bar being raised, Zach, for, you know, the expectations. And I think that's fair. It's interesting to me because when the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, I thought I was like, oh, my God, on the field. This is by far the best quarterback they've ever had. And I thought it was going to be great. And obviously he hasn't been. And I have found that some fans, obviously the fan base is very split 
like we've been on many things, there are some fans that have defended Watson and make excuses. And there are some fans that were never going to like him and unless he was fantastic. But what I find funny is that there are a number of fans who are saying, well, if Baker, you know, Baker didn't play great all the time. Well, my expectations changed because I thought Baker was a mediocre quarterback and I thought Deshaun Watson was a top five quarterback. So I'm going to have higher expectations for Deshaun Watson because if my expectations for Deshaun Watson were just to be Baker, which let's face it, he hasn't even been that good. But if that was it, then why would I have traded Baker in the first place? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot more that went into that. Sure. I think that people are still fighting the Baker fight, you know, or just doing it to do it, yep, right? And, and they consider themselves validated by Watson has done nothing for this team, mm-hmm. right? Baker had gone as far as he was going to go with the Browns. The Browns had gone as far as they were going to go with Baker. Um, and from that standpoint, the evaluation of Baker was correct. You know, the evaluation of or, or how they did the next move um, how they structured the next move, that's obviously going to linger with this team forever and it's going to determine. And and look, um, even if the defense is great again and even if Nick Chubb comes back healthy, this team is only continuing to raise the bar if Deshaun's really good, right? right. Um, but it doesn't have anything to do with Baker. You know, frankly, they were lucky to get what they got for Baker. He moved on. Um, you know, there Baker still has friends and allies in that organization who were genuinely happy for the season that he had. He's never going past the divisional playoffs. It's fine. He needed to grow up. It appears that he has like, you know, I I get it. People are like, okay, we were here for the upgrade. Where's the upgrade? And I think that that's kind of the rub. And then of course you're always going to take sides and yell online Mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, The Browns paid big money to get big production from Deshaun Watson. They haven't gotten it, but it's really the Baker thing is so far gone. Um, Yeah, that's fair. It's, you know, of all the exhausting Browns arguments, (laughs) you know, outside what happens on Sunday, right? That's got to be up there. Zach, um, let's talk about, you mentioned Nick Chubb there. Obviously, you know, everybody's got to put, put, put out their articles this week about the number, the, the guy most likely to be cut by every team fan. Nick Chubb is obviously the favorite player of most Browns fans. Uh, Fans are more emotional about their players than, than teams normally are. Uh, even if he had not gotten hurt, the cap number was a number they were not going to be comfortable with, I assume. So what do you expect to happen with Nick Chubb? Well, does Andrew Barry ever answer any question directly? Never. Cool. Okay, so when he comes out and says, we're going to have to talk to Nick Chubb about the number, he's negotiating right then and there. That's right. <laughs> you know, And you're right, the, the contract was structured. It's the way the Browns do it. It's the way most teams do it. To where the guarantees are paid, you know, you're into year four. And it's time to make a decision. And, and it's structured in such that the guarantees being paid, you know, are, are protection for both the team and the player. So obviously the injury has complicated it. Look, it's not a given. It never was a given. Um, I do think they want him back. We don't know the medicals and we don't know where Chubb and his agent stand on the number. Um, we, we just don't. So we can guess that. But, bull, he's a he's a 28-year-old, 29 in December running back. Um, last year for reasons similar, but not as deep as this, the Vikings didn't really want to move on from Dalvin cook. They had to, the Cowboys didn't really want to move on from Zeke Elliott. I mean, Jerry Jones spoke at length about it. You know how old those guys are, bull? Same age, four and five months older than Nick Chubb and not coming off major injury. They're just done. Right. Yeah, that's true. There's one guy that, that can continue to be Superman. It's Nick Chubb. Yeah. It's an if, and even if it's an if, and he's ready to go for like week four, what are you going to do before then? What are you going to do to be ready 
for more injuries, for him having to have load management, for the uncertainty. Like, Nick Chubb not being on the team is a real possibility. I don't think that it happens, but it was a real possibility last July. It was a real possibility two months ago, and it's a real possibility two weeks from now. I think the good news on that front is that he's got to realize that nobody's paying him any kind of big money, right? Probably not, no. And you would think that he realized. Now, realizing it and being able to swallow that are two different things. Sure. So, um, you know, we'll see. Do, do I think that the Browns will offer him an incentive-laden deal um, with the chance to make a lot of money if it goes well and then decide next year and push some of that forward, which they've been doing and just counting on the cap rising, which is going to, yes. But, like, if it doesn't work, and Chubb and his agents say we're out. Do they? Is there a team waiting on their doorstep with a ten million dollar deal? Uh, I would be stunned at that too. I would be way more stunned at that right. than you know any other scenario. You mentioned wide receivers before. I know you know we've talked a lot on the on the podcast and on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show about hey the Browns got to get another legitimate wide receiver to go with Amari Cooper, uh, and hopefully hopefully one that's younger. But they got to get one. Because outside of Cooper and Njoku, they have really nobody in the in the passing game that's that good. Uh, do, you know, Andrew Berry did the song and dance with that question, as he always does, as you say. What do you, What is the reality? Do you think they're going to add a veteran in free agency? Are they making a trade, or are they just going to once again try this with a draft pick? No, they're they're adding someone now. Is it going to be an A lister, or does that A lister exist? I don't know. I think that determined that will be determined by. Um, what they do contractually and what their evaluation is of this receiver class, right? Like this is Amari's last year and it's his 10th season, his age 30 season. It was always structured just like the Nick Chubb contract to come to this year. Yep. So if at 54, they can find, and there is precedent for finding a, a true number one receiver in the second round, then they'll draft that guy. Otherwise then Bull, they'll have to say, are we looking for a guy who can help this offense right now and, you know, then develop a bigger role or is that rookie not there? You know, are we betting on upside? Or are we betting on immediate? And then we know we're not probably a long shot to be in the T Higgins, the Mike Evans business. So what do we think of Darnell Mooney or Hollywood Brown or another trade option? Right. You know, I don't know. Um, th- there are some teams that are in real cap trouble. They're going to have to let some guys go. Um, the Browns have been really good at having multiple plans going into March and then jumping on what they want. Um, but the fact is, you know, they sat on the Amari plan, they made their move, they made the trade, they got him for nothing, but they still had to make a trade to ensure that they got him, right? right? Every other wide receiver move they've made has been a disaster, right? Yes. They've tried to draft for speed and for youth, it's been a disaster. They've tried to bring in Elijah Moore via trade, it was a disaster, right? And then they, last year, all these rookies get drafted and they have Cedric Tone. So yeah. um, it's a hell of a question. It's one we're going to continue to explore next week at the Combine. Um, you know, see who comes on the market. Um, but yeah, to me, to me, it's probably like mid to bottom level veteran for stabilization purposes and then take a shot in the draft. But it, there's a number of ways it can go. And I, I just don't think it goes the T Higgins, Mike Evans route. This just does not seem realistic to me for multiple reasons. Uh, speaking of T Higgins, I know you have good insight on the Bengals as well. I, I, I can't see how they don't franchise tag him do you think there's a chance they won't yeah well I think there's a chance that they won't but I I think that's the simple play here is franchise tag him buy yourself some time yeah and then decide do we need to trade him can we work something out with him 
Um, the Bengals should absolutely believe they can win the division in the AFC next year. Will they? I don't know, right? No. But T. Higgins making plays and being healthy and catching the passes that he catches with those strong hands on the outside should be considered a big part of that. So they can like Yoshevis. They should. They yeah. can like Charlie Jones. They can figure that they need to upgrade tight end, right? But if you envision the Bengals winning the division, don't you envision T. Higgins being a part of that? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. In terms of, of, of a possible trade, I, I'm curious what you think of this. Uh, you know, I saw somebody, I think it was Mina Kimes yesterday, put out when she was looking for draft needs that there were 20 teams that needed a cornerback. The Browns have good depth at corner. Could you see a scenario where they trade Greg Newsom and the late second-round pick to move up the early second round? Is that realistic, both from a, a trade standpoint and do you buy that they would trade Greg Newsom? Well, first the player before the yeah. number. Um, this is something I have thought is realistic. I've written, I've talked about it. But as soon as I get to like the second sentence, I'm like, they're not trading, mm. right? Like he's a good player. It's a premium position, yeah. even though he might want the the big contract. Like he is at a very manageable number and he's still an ascending player. You should think, right? Like, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, in the realm of reality, could it happen? Is it one of the Browns only ways if they feel like they need to add um, another pick or they feel like they need to make a player for player trade. Yes. Um, is, does it feel like us just talking right now that he's the odd man out in that cornerback room at some point in the next month to 13 months? Yes. Um, you know, a late two bull. I, I don't know. I, I think a three, I think as part of a player for player or, you know, something to get involved Um you know, and, and add a pick of value or, or a player of immediate value, I certainly think that's an option. But um, it's not even something I would say 40-60. I've been surprised before, but I would be surprised without way better value than seems realistic yeah. that they would even get to that next stage. Fair enough. Let's, let's talk about the defensive line because, you know, obviously it was a huge jump from 2022 to 2023, the performance of the defensive line. But they still haven't, at least to this point, found that other cornerstone piece across from Miles Garrett. I'm not that you expect him to be that good, but just a good, solid guy. It seems like it's it's a rotation of old vets. There are, you know, four free agents in the group. What do you expect them to try to do? Obviously, Ogbo was was good, but he's probably better as a third, you know, end. So what do you expect? Yeah, he's a specialized player. Right. He's a pass-down player. So what's your yeah, plan? He's not an every-down defense. What, do you, what would your plan be, and what do you think their plan is for that other starting end spot? You know, good teams just keep adding to that defensive line in the draft, and and they haven't. You know, Alex Wright, I think, can play in the NFL. Yeah. I'm not sure the other guys that they've drafted can. Um, I think they'll try to get Shelby Harris back eventually. Um, I think, you know, if there is an A-list free agent or trade move to be made in this first week of the player movement period coming up, I think it's just as likely, if not more likely, to be for a defensive lineman than it is for uh, a wide receiver. Mm. So I, I, I – because, you know – Hurst has not been healthy and he's older. Um, he's a rotational guy. You know, you might bring Elliott back. You're certainly not prioritizing him, right? And then what do you do with Zadarius Smith, who's a good player? Yeah. It's going to be his age 32 season. You know, when you acquired him, it was a good move and it made the defense better, but it was done with both parties hitting free agency again in mind, you know? Um, and, you know, can you trust a whole other season of a 32-year-old defensive end holding up there? You know, if you like Alex Wright, you can. So I do expect the Browns to be aggressive in looking 
for an every down defensive lineman uh, that, that makes some money that costs them something right trade assets uh, you know a lot of their free agent budgets whatever that may be so how that goes exactly I don't know um, I do think most of those guys coming back and then another Zadarius Smith type an older player for a specific role added later but um, that is certainly you know, it's not as sexy talking about wide receivers, but that is certainly an area when you look at it, whereas where half of the rotation is free agents, you know, and then you, your, your rookies just did not play and don't look like starters. Um, certainly not the defensive tackle, not anytime close. And so, you know, when you're looking at Shelby Harris, who was a great August fine last year, can you replicate that? I don't know. You know, where is Jordan Elliott and his development and his the team's true evaluation of him? They started him for two years. They never played him in a big moment. Right. That's so we'll true. see. That'll be interesting. On the offensive line, uh, this might be a pretty big if, but if Dewan Jones, Conklin, and Jed are all healthy at the start of next season, assuming none of them's been traded, and obviously, you know, Conklin probably can't be, but uh, who's on the bench to start the season? Well, I think one of the biggest questions we have to ask at the combine is, is there any chance DeJuan Jones is a left tackle, you know? Yeah. And then even though we're not going to get an answer for now, it's, is any chance DeJuan Jones is a left tackle in 2024 or in 2025? Um, when you look at this cap numbers, bull and Jed Wills making 15 million coming off of surgery and inconsistent play, that's, it's questionable. Yeah. So the only way to lower that is to give him a long-term extension and lower it. Do you want to do that? I, I don't, don't know. You know, we don't know where yeah. Conklin is health wise. This is his second significant knee injury. He has guaranteed, he has three years left on his contract and guaranteed money for this year. So to answer your question, um, I'm not sure that Jack will be healthy enough to, to be in there. Um, you know, would Dewan be the odd man out in that situation? Pro- probably. Uh, but it's certainly something, especially when you look to the future. And again, this, when you don't have first round picks, like, you know, maybe they just play it out this year. And then um, they let them all, or they let Jack and Jed walk in a year and, and, and draft a replacement. I don't know how that's going to go, but it's certainly um, at the top of the list is, is things that are, you know, we're going to be looking for clues uh, over the next few weeks and months. Zach, let's wrap it up with uh, one of the hottest topics this past season, and that's the backup quarterback. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because everybody screamed and yelled, you got to have a backup quarterback that you're paying money to. And yet when it was all said and done, the majority, the heavy majority of teams that made the playoffs had their starter play nearly, if not all, the whole season. And the only teams that made the playoffs with a backup playing significant time were the Browns and one other team, which is escaping me right now. Both those teams I know lost in the first round. So is it important in your mind to spend money on a backup? And do you think the Browns will have a veteran again next season? It is, and I think it was reinforced not just to the Browns last year. I think the way you frame it is is a way that that has to be discussed inside these rooms where these decisions get made. Um, I can tell you, Bull, as exhausting as it was, the 18-year search for a starting quarterback from the Browns was fun. Um, Talking about backup quarterbacks and dissecting them is not fun. You know, I don't think you can bring Flacco back. I don't think they intend to bring Flacco back. I don't think Flacco intends to be back. I could be wrong on that. Um, But then you get into what do you do? Look, Dorian Thompson Robinson was a nice pick, and he's a nice developmental player. You cannot give him the keys to a playoff team if Deshaun misses three games to a high ankle sprain mm-hmm. in November. You can't do it, right? Could you maybe do it in two years? We'll see. That's why you drafted him to, to give it a stab. So 
They need to be in the veteran quarterback business. It's my guess and semi-informed guess that it will be outside the Joe Flacco realm. But, you know, how far do they go money-wise? Do they go outside a pool of Jacoby Brissett streaming you? And do you have the super uncomfortable conversation, which you do at some point, it'll just never come to light, about do we need to draft one? Do we need to be in the business for someone who's better than maybe Jacoby Brissett and be prepared for another multiple-month absence Mm. from our starting quarterback? You know, in that regard, you're probably screwed anyway. But it's a conversation you need to have because you have to look at the future of this quarterback outside the contract and say, this is the most important position in sports. And we're not settled on any regard. We're committed, but we're not settled in any regard here. There's nothing proven. No, that's completely fair. And if if it goes bad again this year for Deshaun, I I think Mm -hmm. at that point, you'd have to just assume he's never going to be good if it doesn't work. Right. Well, and, 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 you know, people got up in arms about the Mike Tannebaum thing. And I just, I think the answer to that is you probably shouldn't watch morning garbage TV. (laughs) Right. But like, in it, what the way he presented it is not real. Yeah. But why is that even a discussion? Because everyone involved in the league knows this contract is awful. Yeah. This trade is awful. And there's one way they can change it. And there's not a lot of hope it's going to change. Right. So when it's getting talked about on the platform that the Browns should be looking for a way out, that means people are talking about the Browns should be looking for a way out back here in the real world. There's very, very few ways out and very small chance that they can get out. Zach, great stuff, buddy. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Will. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome back. It's the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Good talking with Zach Jackson of the Athletic. And he kind of sees the play calling decision just like I do. That if if Kevin Stefanski's not calling plays, it was forced from the top, which is not great. Uh, but what uh, we're really looking at this year and what it's all about is Deshaun Watson and the make or break season. We talked about it earlier in the week, and Zach said the same thing. They got If it doesn't work this year, they're going to be thinking about quarterback again in the draft in 2025, which none of us want to deal with. All right, that's it for now. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. Thanks to Zach Jackson for joining me. We'll talk to you next time. Where else but right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.